What is going on? I want to welcome you from F Court for today, Wednesday, October 19th, Pistons opening day. And with that, we couldn't just do a normal episode. We had to roll out the red carpet, do something special. So I am joined today not only by my guy, Jeff Ifrady, not only by my guy, Troy Cerny, but making his debut on From Half Court is the man himself, Jack Kelly, at Jack Kelly 313 on Twitter. Jack, what's going on, brother? Finally, you are here. This felt like an inevitability. Thank you so much for coming on, man. It's so good to see you. Nah, thank you so much, guys. Like, I'm good. Excited to talk some Pistons hoops. I feel like there's a bit going on with the fan base at the moment on what to expect and what's going to happen, especially as we approach opening night. So, yeah, no, thanks so much for having me on. And, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, a lot of people will know you from, like, Pistons Twitter, but if this is people's first time seeing you, like, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, man, about, like, the content that you're doing, you know, like, how did you become a Pistons fan? Because Yeah, I think that's a good place to start. (laughs) Yeah, that is a great place to start, man, because I think one one thing people might realize, you're not exactly from the Detroit area, Jack. Where, Where are you joining us from today? I honestly could not be further away from Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at the bottom of Australia in a city called Melbourne. Um, but in terms of my fandom, so I've, I've been an NBA fan since probably like 2005, but I didn't really have a team. Mm-hmm. And I used to sort of be a bit of a Dwight Howard fan. And then I was looking at some mock drafts in like 2011. So this guy called Andre Drummond and I was like, I, I followed him. At, I followed him at UConn, and I was like, "Whoever drafts him, I'll I'll go for that team. Like I'm fully all in on that team." So, and the and the funny thing was right. So on draft night, I remember watching, and the one team, and this will sound blasphemous, but it's part of the story. The one team I hoped he didn't get drafted by was the Pistons. I don't know why. I just did not want him to get drafted by the Pistons, and then of course he goes for the Pistons, and um. Yeah, so that's so I was a vicious Andre Drummond fan, Stan, whatever you want to call it, and um, yeah, that's transitioned into me. Essentially, I've now I've been riding for Detroit Bad Boys at um over at SB Nation for the past twelve months, and yeah, recently just been pumping out some content on Twitter, and yeah, man, now I find myself here with you guys. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. How, wait, how did the how did the Drummond loves? You said you just you stumbled upon a mock draft. You're like, you know what? I like this guy because. Because he was he was mocked. It would have been before the college season. He was mocked like number one overall, and I was yeah. like, "Yeah." And he was touted as the next sort of Dwight, and I like love Dwight Howard and his game. Yeah, and yeah, so I was just like, I'm hitching myself to the drum, the drum and wagon, and yeah, I love so, that. That's how got when, here. They, when they traded him in 2020 for a couple bags of chips in Cleveland, were you devastated? Oh, Did you lose your heart or what? Nah. So I think so. Like <laughs> I, I always saw things through. Like, like I was so obsessed with Andre. Like I could only watch the games when he would be taken off the floor. Like I didn't have any interest in watching. Like I was just obsessed with Andre Drummond, but. Mm-hmm. By the end of that 17-18 season, I sort of started to see who he really was. And then that 2019 playoff series against the Bucks, I was like, oh, this guy. Like, <laughs> this guy. I was like, this guy ain't it. Like, I was just like, yeah, I was like, he's just not it. Like, and, I, and then I started, and then I was like, yeah, I don't know if this guy is like, I like watching him play basketball that much anyway. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of us, so, by the way. Yeah. So, and then he, yeah, that's so then the following season when he got traded, like I was all good with it because I was like, we need a tank. Like, yeah. 
so so it was like oh man like at first you fell in love with them because you're like oh yeah. man this guy's like dwight howard and then you oh, realize yeah. oh god yeah. this guy's like dwight howard he's dwight howard with without the defense like without the defense yeah like, <laughs> and, yeah and i used to get subdued by the stats and like before i sort of educated myself on yeah, NBA basketball. Like, did you yeah, do the just... same thing I did, Jack? So you started. So your fandom started around the same time that mine did. I started two thousand five myself. Did you do the same thing that I did, where every year on Twitter, on Instagram, you'd see Andre in the off season? He's gonna <laughs> add a three point shot. Yeah. He's gonna extend his game. Oh man, I remember seeing those Rico. It was like twenty eighteen. He's shooting threes in LA, and I'm like, well, like my. He's putting it together. And then, <laughs> nah, nah, it, it was just never a thing. But hey, he hit three threes for the Bulls the other night. So, yeah, he did. took him some time. Bring Dre back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that is a real thing that picked. I, I remember that was like picking up steam at one point in the offseason for a little bit. And, listen, I, I, I'm glad Andre's doing well. He's never going to come back to the Pistons. Not, not with uh, this momentum. Yeah. No, no, but well, but Jack, that's a funny story, man. I, I love, I love that. But how about the, uh, how, how about the, the start of the content creating of the writing, you know, like how did the journey with Detroit bad boys start? How did you get to this point of, you know, obviously a basketball fan, but then, you know, getting to that next point of, you know, covering the game, doing everything and let alone like to get the, as much success as you have, man. I mean, being, you know, I, I, I feel like I have a hard time being two and a half hours away from Detroit. You're, you're in a freaking across the world <laughs> you're in australia like what do yeah. i have to complain about <laughs> no uh the writing so yeah i'll try and keep this short but i've all, i've just loved i love basketball in general like it's my mm-hmm. passion i play i work out i play a lot of basketball just just for fun and a bit of fitness but um yeah i've always just been i always felt like i've had this obsession like um more than a normal person would so especially over here in australia like not many people there's nba fans but they're more of a like a bit more casual and then i was like i just want to immerse myself amongst a community that like loves basketball as much as i do and like nba basketball in particular and i just honestly a year ago around the first summer league with Cade, i just started writing some fan posts so i've always been in the threads for dbb Mm -hmm. um wrote, wrote a few fan posts Got some nice comments on there. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll just message Sean, who's the editor. I'm not sure if you guys know Sean Cole, but Oh, yeah, we know Sean. He's a great guy. Yeah, Sean's an awesome guy. And, um, yeah, he just took me on board. And, yeah, that's really it, man. Like, I just just working on my craft. And, like, obviously I want to get into the media somehow. That's my dream. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you could definitely awesome, do man. it. You could definitely yeah. do it, bro. Well, hey, yeah, you're, well, yeah, you're, you're coming a long way, man. And you're doing great stuff, seriously. No, and that's why it's so cool to see you guys, like we said before we recorded, like just seeing your guys' growth the past six months with Woodward and everything you guys are doing, like that stuff inspires me as well. So, yeah. That means a lot, man. Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, believe me. Hey, don't don't be too humble because I saw that jump shot, by the way. All right, listen. (laughs) That's just true. Listen, I, it was, I play basketball. I haven't played my whole life, but I watched your your video I would, a couple months ago. You hit like how many yeah. threes in a row? I'm like, my God. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I just you like, man, I, shoot like that. Let's be like, be honest. No, I've been working on my shot probably the past six good. months, but no, yeah, I appreciate good. that, bro. But um, 
yeah, I, I just love hooping. Like, and yeah. and then I put that passion into the Pistons and yeah, NBA as a whole. Well, hey, when we, when we get we, you over to the states one us. day, when we get you to the <laughs> states one day, we'll get you to the Pistons Twitter wreck, like to the hoop league. We'll know we'll know oh, who yeah. Jeff's Jeff, Jeff's drafting first pick, right? <laughs> I got a lot. I'm competitive, like I got bad, like so. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there taking scalps, man. That's what I love to hear. That's what I love to hear. Well, Jack, we're here to we're here to do one thing today, and that's you know share our love, like you were saying, just talking hoops, talking NBA basketball, and that's exactly what we do here on From Half Court each and every week. We dive into all things NBA basketball, Detroit Pistons, you name it. If you like that, be sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share this podcast with your friends, and join the conversation in the comments section down below. The podcast is available on YouTube, but also available on all the podcast services that your heart could possibly desire. But with that, boys, it is time to get into it because, as we have stated, tonight is, as of when this podcast drops, opening night, not just for a lot of the teams in the National Basketball Association, but opening night for the Detroit Pistons. So we are here. Today's episode is a special one. It is the official Pistons season preview pod, and we couldn't bring on a better person to talk about it. Jack, I want to start with you, you know, the Pistons right now, you, you kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the pod. There's a lot of different expectations. And, you know, you know, obviously here on this podcast, we've been talking all summer about where we expect this team to be, what we expect this team to accomplish. And I know that the, the preseason, I, I don't know if it was a, it was a jarring experience for fans. I would maybe use the word sobering experience for, for some fans. I think maybe some fans realized that it wasn't going to be as quick, you know, of, of fireworks as they maybe were hoping for it to be. Did the preseason change any expectations for you on your end? And, you know, now, you know, obviously, you know, for, for us, we still have a couple days until this game, you know, until this game to watch, but, you know, going into opening night, where are you at? What, how are you feeling? And what are your expectations for the team going into opening night? Yeah, look, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't underwhelmed. I think, I mean, I've had the team pegged around 28 to 29 wins the whole offseason. Um, mm-hmm. So I wasn't necessarily expecting them to come out and win all four games. But, yeah, some of the defensive stuff was a little underwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. Cade, his passiveness was a little underwhelming, but I'm not, I'm not worried by any means. But I think for a lot of fans who might have been expecting that play-in jump, which I'm not going to say there's no chance of that happening, mm-hmm. um, but I think it was definitely jarring. And I think um, it's important to remember as well, like we're missing Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel, who will both be key contributors whenever they're back on the court. Um, so, look, it's not all doom and gloom, but I think, yeah, for a fair portion of that fan base, yeah, they wouldn't have been expecting that sort of thing. And yeah, some of the stuff I've seen about Cade's uh, interesting. And I think people just need to realize at the end of the day, this roster, if if we're running out of 10 man roster, I would say six to seven of those guys are all 24 and under in their first, second or third year. And when you're relying yep. on guys with that much little experience, no matter how good they can be in the future, um, I just think it's tough. I just think, yeah, if we can get to 28, 29 wins, that's a six win 
increase from last season. And that's, that's improvement. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you alluded to it there, Jack, like if you lined up how many players they had on this roster, how many of them are under the age of 25, the, the average age of this roster is 24.9. It's up last year from 23.23.2. I believe it was. So like, that just shows you like the Boyan trade just made us that much older. But I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, like even looking at like the teams that are considered, like, I, I think one game that was like a very good experience for Pistons fans to see, or I think a very good, you know, way for us to see like where we were at was that last preseason game against the Grizzlies. Right. And I mean, Troy, you know, I, I think one big thing that makes the Grizzlies so good I mean, we obviously talk about, you know, John Morant and how special he is. You know, a lot of people, you know, you know, Jaden Ivey, you know, a lot of people are comparing to John Morant. I just don't think that's a fair comparison right now, because with John Morant, the level he's playing at at this point, we're talking about like him and Allen Iverson. That to me, that's the territory that he's touching with his play. Right. So like with, with Jaden Ivey, like. I don't know if saying like Jaden, like, like John Morant's like, like, let's not do that just yet. However, like it still shows like there's still good things to see. Right. And you can still see, like, I, I think the other thing you can see is just how many good players Memphis has. Like, it's like, it's not just, you know, it's not just John Morant, but it's the Brandon Clark, it's the Desmond Baines. It's their deeper players in the rotation too. Right. 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 Absolutely. And uh, yeah, going with, with Memphis, I mean, they're, they're a couple of uh, steps ahead of us. I mean, that's an understatement to say, but with a guy like Ivy, you can say he has jaw like abilities, but to call him jaw, right. That's, that's where the line probably yeah. is crossed. And, and we're not expecting that out of Ivy this year. We're expecting him to play competitive basketball to be uh, a great role player. I would hope a starter, you know, for majority of the season. Um, and I would expect him to start opening night. Yes. Same, same with me. Same with me. Um, and, and I just feel like improvement out of him. Cause remember I, I, I said, you know, the first 10 games might be look a little bit rough for him, but that should not worry us. I think he's going to get in the swing of things. I think he's going to be fine. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think we can expect some production out of IV on Wednesday night tonight. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Jeff, what about you, man? I mean, as far as like that, you know, that expectation after the preseason. I mean, right now, you know, Vegas currently has the Pistons win total, you know, the over-under at 29 and a half. So about that, you know, Jack, what you said there about 28 wins. You think it's a fair place to have the Pistons? I know I know, you and I talked about the goal. I think the goal should be getting the 30 wins this year, right? Like yeah. getting above that 30-win hurdle, getting to that next step, being more competitive, at least trying to be in that play-in picture. What guys are going to have to set up like step up in order to make that happen. Like what are, what are going to have to be the things that put the Pistons, the Pistons in that position? Obviously, and we all know Cade would have to play great. Right. But right. it's deeper than that. It is. And, and listen, I think I want to hear Jack's opinion on this. Cause I talked about this as well. Like it's hard to project this team because there's so many young guys that have to take that next step. That's simply saying that they're a plan or they're not a plan. Like that's why you don't want to completely rule out a plan, but most likely we talked about it. It's, most likely not going to happen. I think they'll be at around 30 to 32 wins. I think that's very fair where they have the Pistons currently, but it's, it's about the others because we all talk about star players can get you to that championship, but who wins it? It's the others. And, and the others would be a Killian Hayes, Isaiah livers, 
uh, Isaiah Stewart. Even I would even throw with Sadiq Bay in there because we expect him to k- still take those steps. So Amadou Diallo for sure. Hamid Diallo is another one. So Jalen Duran, you could throw him in that aspect because I think eventually he's going to be a key pe- uh, key part of this rotation. So a lot of things, a lot of guys have to take that next step. Like you said, Cade clearly has got to have for this team to at least make the play, and he's got to have an All Star caliber season to me because it's hard to count on Jay Nivey coming out his rookie year and just taking the league by storm because Cade did that in the second half of last season. He still didn't run rookie of the year. So again, it's about the wins and losses. And that's how people base their expectations on. For me, it's about players getting better. Mm-hmm. That's that's the the yeah. expectation for me. And a lot of that falls on Dwayne. You look at the assistant coaches, a lot former players. Like I like the mold they're going with, but that's all I want to see. If players get better, I think a byproduct of that will be wins. Because I don't think players are going to get better and you regress. So I, for fans that were completely you know, blindsided by the preseason. It really just shows that for this entire summer, fans spend time tweeting, making content about the Pistons. And I think they get way too excited and they watch the preseason and like, what the hell is this? Well, guys, we talked about it. Even you, Jack, to a certain extent, like we know what to expect. Yes. The defense, you know, you talk about Cade being passive. There's certain things you could take away, but to see, watch the preseason say, man, like this team sucks. It's like, what have you been watching this entire offseason? Because (laughs) We're, we're getting primed for next summer to have more cap space. Mm-hmm. We're expecting to be back in the lottery in terms of where they select in the draft. Like Things haven't really changed for me. So as long as players get better, I'm okay with it. And I think a byproduct of that will be improvement. And I hopefully it is reaching that 30-win mark. I think that's the goal. Yeah, for sure. And Jack, with that, you know, like, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, like, like I, I, I think – you know, again, we talk all the time about those stars, but like, you know, I, I think one of the things that, you know, I think, you know, that, you know, I've certainly thought is going to be the most interesting for me this year is that some of those rotation battles that we're going to be talking about, like within the Pistons, we'll get into like some of those stars and we'll get into Cade and, and Ivy here in a second. But like mm-hmm. when you're looking at like the Pistons rotation, like, like what, like, you know, like what guys are you watching as far as like development, taking the next step? Like, you know, like I know, one guy is like Isaiah Livers, you know, having his opportunity to be in the rotation for significant parts of this season. I feel like he can be really productive. I know Hamadou Diallo is a guy I just mentioned. I know a lot of fans are really curious to see what his role is going to be this season. You know, what guys stand out to you and, you know, what what guys excite you in the rotation? Well, I think apart, aside from the obvious of like Ivy and Duran, I think I, I'm really curious to see how Hamadou's role how that plays out this season because he's someone who missed the preseason with, I think was it a calf injury, something mm-hmm. like that. Some it was, a, it was a leg contusion. Yeah. And that's a guy who, if my memory serves me correct, we elected to um, use his team option for this season. So there mm-hmm. was the option to let him go. Um, and though we've added Ivy, we still do lack athleticism on the wings. Um, like Isaiah Livers, Sadiq Bay. Well, actually, hmm, let me wash my mouth out. Livers has shown some bounce, but I, I wouldn't say he's a Hamadou-type um, athlete. So, yeah, I'm really curious to see what Hamadou's role is if he gets some minutes, unexpected minutes early on, because I have him outside the rotation. But um, And then definitely Isaiah Livers. We saw him in, I think he played 16-odd games last season, shot 40%. I think he's a really good team defender. And if there's one thing we saw in the preseason – Anyone who can play solid perimeter defense is definitely a welcomed addition. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm a big Isaiah Stewart guy. 
but in that I am a realist with Stu. So I'm really intrigued to see how he goes at the four this year. I think we saw in the preseason, and while I think Bogdanovich will definitely start, I would be shocked if he doesn't start opening night. I do think we get killed on the glass. Mm. And I really, I did like what I saw from Bagley and Stu, even though it was a tad clunky. I still thought the offense and just the defense, there's a bit more interior protection, obviously. Even though Bag's not the best rim protection, he's a big body. He can get on the boards. He can deter um, shots at the rim too. We can see like yeah. if he's actually there, he can prevent shots from hitting in the rim. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, I'm, I, I mean, for me, I'm really curious. I want to see, especially after the trade deadline, depending on how the team's going, but I really want to see how Duran and Stu go together. That's something yeah. I'll be really keeping an eye on to see if they just trial out some minutes here and there. Um, and yeah, I'd say that's really it for me, to be honest. I mean, you want to see all the young guys improve. Yeah. Um, yeah. we kidding. Yeah. But and I, I want to add to that too, because you talked about getting beat on the glass. And one thing we saw in the preseason was the, the paints points in the paint and mm-hmm. how every game they were outscored in the paint. And that's the reality of going small ball with Isaiah Stewart. So I'm with you. And I, I think we'd all agree here that you, you see Isaiah Stewart as a four in the future. Like if he's shown, which he's taken steps, he took what 10, three pointers, his last preseason game hit four of them. Like, now, do you want to see him take that volume? Probably not. But again, right. he can do it. Like that, that's what you want to see from Stewart. And I think eventually that him starting at the four spot and having Duran at the five, mm-hmm. not only do you bring size, you bring you bring guys that can switch, at least with Stu, he can switch between five positions. And you have Duran who can at least deter shots and block shots. But also with athleticism. So lots to look forward to in the front court. But also just talk about like the potential energy that that mm-hmm. presents as well. Yeah. I mean, Jack, I don't know about you, but like one thing that excites me. I think of like, you know, when we're talking about like, 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 like comparing cores and looking like where we're at, where other teams are at. I know a lot of team, a lot of people are really keen and excited on, you know, on, on the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. I would argue that like in the long term, if this Pistons young core is currently destructed, like constructed develops, I would argue this Pistons team can give them a lot of problems, especially if the Duran Isaiah Stewart front court works just because of not only their physicality that they're going to be able to present, like you brought up, Duran's going to be able to crash the glass. And, you know, Greg Kelser even said it himself during the preseason. Duran's like, we talked about his ability to protect the paint. This kid might be a special rebounder. Yeah. And that's saying something with Andre Drummond, like with, with us having Andre Drummond, because he was perhaps the best rebounder of the 2010s, mm-hmm. right? And now in the 2020s, we might have the best rebounder again in <laughs> Jalen right. Duran. Like he, he might be special. And I don't think I have any worries in the glass this season with with those two guys on the floor because of that physicality and because of that energy uh, that Duran and Stewart brings together. So I feel like that was a problem in in some games last year. Quite a few was the glass, especially with Stewart. Um, Like like, like Jack said, the kind of the realistic expectation we have with him of kind of being more of a four than a five. But I feel like when Duran's on the floor with him, I I just the preseason proved a lot with Duran of how NBA ready he is. That was my biggest uh, question mark with him coming into the season. But um, I think he is very much NBA ready. And, and with his age being so young, that proves that even two, three years from now, he's going to be even more of a better fit for this league and this team. Yeah. And just to add on, just the, lastly, with that sort of yeah. jumbo front court, I mean, because we've seen a lot of people talk about the switching and all that sort of stuff. And I think if you've got, like, if you've just got Stuart the five, as soon as they, he switched out on his perimeter, there's literally no one near the paint to come across if he gets blown by or there's a quick pass thrown around, like if you've got Duran down on the low block watching his man in the corner, it just 
gives a bit more stability in the painted area if you're going to switch everything. Right. So whereas if you've got Bogdanovich or Bay at the four, like that's, and that's the key loss with Jeremy, even though I don't have any issues with him gone, he provided yeah. some weak side rim protection and some length mm-hmm. um, alongside Stu. So. Yeah, for sure. And he brought discipline on that end too, which I think, you know, I think one thing is going to be difficult for, you know, Detroit on, on that side of the ball is going to be duplicit. I mean, discipline at the beginning of the year, I think with Jalen Duran, like as NBA ready, as he looks, we've also seen that guy can rack up fouls very quickly, <laughs> remarkably quickly. Like he, he may, he might even make K go, damn, like you get a lot of fouls, which like, that is saying something. So yeah. like, you know, a lot of people are like, why shouldn't Jalen Duran start day one? Well, it's like, do you want him by halftime? Like, do you want him available in the game? Like, he'd be yeah. fouled out in five minutes if he played against LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the reality of it. But I think, you know, it, like, he is going to have those opportunities to grow. And I, I think the Marvin Bagley, I th- like, though, if there's anything, like, first of all, thank goodness he was okay because that injury looked ugly. Mm. It looked absolutely ugly. Uh, but I think the big thing, like, we're going to, I think we're going to see that Duran and Stewart, like, those, that pairing really get tested early in some important minutes at the beginning of the season, I think that's going to be, I think it's going to be imperative for their, for their pairing that we see some success early on. And look how improved that bench is too. Mm-hmm. By simply having now, if you, let's say you want to go with that front court, you have Sadiq at the three. Now you have Boyan and Marvin Bagley when he comes back off your bench with Killian Hayes. Like now, yeah, Killian is as good as a passer as he is good as a defender. And you saw the aggressiveness in the preseason playing with more talent arguably no actually no argument the most talent he's had since he's been here so it's only going to compliment everybody else so it's exciting man a lot of they go they, they're much deeper this year and it's that's i think that's why it's hard for fans to temper their expectations because you got a lot of young talent you just got to see them put it together collectively yeah for sure now, you know before we get to the stars you know jack what are your thoughts on killian hayes you know like you know like what are your thoughts yeah. on what his season can be what are your thoughts on like where he can go i know um, you know, going into this year, you know, it kind of felt like, you know, this is a big prove it year for Killian. It still feels like that's the case. Right. But like, I feel like I feel like Detroit, at least giving that that giving him that extension, you know, for, for next season, you know, like not leaving that like into question, you know, going into training camp. You know, it almost feels like to me, like, you know, with with especially with how much importance that they're putting into his role as far as like, you know, being a vocal leader on the defensive end. It seems to me like like they they were confident that this would be a year that Killian would take a step. And at least from what it seemed like in the preseason, it seems like he's definitely going to be better than last year. It's just, you know, my my question is, how often are we going to get that aggressive Killian? Because, you know, we still saw in the preseason, it's not necessarily every night. Right. Yeah, for sure. I think my whole thing with Killian has been, so since his rookie season, um, clearly I don't think it's within him now to be that lead ball handler on the team. I could be wrong, but it's it's definitely not with Detroit with the way with the recent selections of Cade and Ivy. So I've all, I've tempered my expectations of what he can be and what's fair to criticize him of and what's just unreasonable. And I think for me, obviously the efficiency has always been the issue with Killian. We've seen the defense, the passing, um, you know, both those things he does extremely well, especially for a player of his age. So Firstly, though, before the efficiency, like for me, it's just always been about his mindset. He's Mm -hmm. such a confidence player. And you've seen in prior to in his first two seasons, you can almost tell based off his first couple of shots what killing you're going to get. Is he going to go back into his shell or is he going to let it fly tonight? And, And 
that's what I've been harping about in the off season on Twitter and stuff is before anything, I just want to see a shift in mindset. And that doesn't necessarily mean put up 20 shots or whatever, like he did against the Knicks. Like that was great, but it's just be aggressive, get to the paint, make like he's, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but in each of his games, he made a concerted effort to get into the teeth of defense and have this yep. nice little lefty hook. And that's the stuff I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Like, because like I said, Killian's not going to be, he's not going to lead your offense and average 20 a night, but I just want to see him be aggressive and play with confidence because once he plays with confidence, that unlocks his passing to an even more degree. He gets more, he just looks and makes better reads and, yeah, and the shot, it's been nice to see him have some a couple of double-digit um, scoring games. So, yeah. yeah, for me, it's mindset first. Then let's focus on the rest. And, yeah. I think, and I think his mindset too, having the mindset like you're talking about, Jack, can help benefit his playmaking ability. Because if you're going to the cup and you're being aggressive, not only are you seen as a legitimate threat now, like if teams know like what killing are we getting, is he going to attack the basket or is he going to kick out? Like before, he's, he's pretty – readable at least among many defenses you kind of know who killian is but if he can unlock that part where he's like listen you don't have to like you said you're not going to take 15 20 shots but if you can at least be a threat to defenses it's going to open up so much more because now teams are going to collapse on killian knowing hey is he going to take a shot nope boom hitting the corner for an open three like i want him to make defenses guess because kate obviously does a great job at that and they're different players but i think killian can get to that point and with the talent he has around him on the bench you're going to want that, Killian, this year. Like, you, you really are. Yeah, yeah, going to Jeff's point, I think uh, that confidence will unlock so many levels. And be, because of the shot, too, I think when the shot falls, that will give a, a level of confidence that he can then be aggressive in some of those areas, too. I think the right. shot is key uh, uh, falling because um, in this league, we, we know that what this league is these days. It's the three-point shot, especially in the guard position. So, for me, I want to see more confidence shooting the ball. Um, I, but you guys are so right. I don't even, I don't need to touch on the passing and the playmaking because Jack and Jeff really covered that well. So, well, and, and I think, you know, like the, the thing with, with Killian and, and like, you know, we all led with it's, it's all, it'll, it starts with his mentality. It starts with the, mm-hmm. con- with his confidence, because when you get to this point, you know, with a lot of players and Killian's one of these guys, the physical intangibles are not the issue. Like, like the, he's, he's a good athlete. He's a great passer. He has the intangibles to be. You know, if, if he had the mentality of a Sadiq Bay, dear Lord, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But like, it, it, but like the thing about it is, you know, like it, it's about putting those mental pieces together because Killian, you know, he grew so radically into this body that he has. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Killian in year three looks radically different than he did in year one. And even that's like a radical change from where he was at just a couple years before that. Right. So I think for him. You know, he's he's figuring out very much who he is, not only in this NBA game, but just also just who he is as a basketball player and as a person growing. So and, and the problem is in the NBA world, you just don't have much time to figure that out. I You know, so I think, you know, with the amount of talent, with the amount of shooting that he has around him now, too, because it's not just like Bojan. It's also guys like Alec Burks and even like a veteran pick like big to play in the pick and roll with like Nerland so well as well. I think just. You know, I, I think this really is like a prime position for Killian to have, you know, to have success. And, you know, I, I think in particular, if that three guard lineup can be something that, you know, that leads, you know, that leads to winning for Detroit as well. I feel like that's something that could put them in a really adv- advantageous position just to have three playmakers like that, Jack. I mean, like, you know, how would that not be beneficial? Right. right? 
No, absolutely. And they're all, I think Ivy's six four, six five. Like, you know, you can put Kate, he can defend wings if he puts his mind to it and he's got the energy and focus. Like that. And I enjoyed watching those three. I haven't looked at numbers or anything in the preseason because I'm not gonna waste yeah. my time doing that. Yeah. But I really enjoyed seeing those like we know Dwayne Casey loves three guard lineups. We've seen it, I feel like, in each iteration of Pistons teams he's coached. So um yeah, I'm really keen to see those three, how they all mix together and the, like the last thing I wanted to just say about Killian was he like that. I've been so encouraged just seeing him come out with the mentality he has because you know this guy got drafted pick number seven. Like he's coming yeah. into the league thinking, the, "All right, be the savior." Exactly, man. I, I remember watching his first like clips the Pistons were putting out of his first training camp, and I was so hyped. And he had a lot of pressure on him, and in his mind, he's now the Detroit with their first picks have taken. Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. He clearly knows his third in the pecking order, just just at his position, let yeah. alone in the franchise. And to see him come out and just go, effort, I'm going to give this crack. Because year three, this is sort of a little bit of a make or break year for Killian. Yep. So, uh, I mean, I've just been really impressed with his mindset. And I know there's a lot more to it than just that. But I think, yeah, he's dealt injury, COVID, lots of stuff. So, yeah, I've been impressed by the young man. Yeah. For sure. And, and you know, uh, we we tend to try to write the stories of, of players so early, mm-hmm. right? And, and, you know, I think what we've seen in the sports world over and over again is that if you try to write guys off, you know, you know, before, you know, they write themselves off, you're bound to make some mistakes at some point. Like even in like the NFL world, we're seeing Geno Smith, a guy that everyone was writing off as a backup for years, you know, be like one of the, like statistically one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. You know, like, like it's like in the NBA world, that stuff can happen too. So, um, yeah, man, I, I'm excited for what Killian has coming up this year and everything that's going on for him. But I mean, guys, it's time we got, we got, we, it's time we dive in and start talking to some stars here. We, we gotta, we gotta start talking about the guys that people really clicked on this video for. Let's start with, with Cade Cunningham. You talked about Jack a little bit, his passiveness in the preseason. Cade even touched on that in, in an interview as well with Omari. He felt like that was the case too so it seems like going into opening night i think i think i know for me personally too uh going up against paulo Boncaro, a guy that he was a fan of a guy that you know he has a has a previous relationship with i feel like he's going to be particularly aggressive that night but what's the role for Cade this season i mean obviously we all know he's the franchise player but what is you know what what do you expect you know i want to start with jack of course and we'll go to everyone else but what do you expect you know, from Cade in particular this season, what would it take for him to, you know, have like, you know, like a LaMelo ball year two all, you know, if he were to become an all-star, you know, what would it take for him to get there? And what is, you know, what is it that makes this Ivy and Cunningham pairing just so tantalizing? Because man, like the more I think about it, it's just the more, like, even though there were, you know, it wasn't perfect throughout this preseason, there were certainly moments where, this looked like this could be the next great Detroit backcourt. For sure. Well, for, for Cade, first of all, I think it's he's starting from extremely – he had an, an awesome end to his rookie season. Um, we saw the playmaking, the passing, the scoring uptick. Um, I, think, I think there's no reason why Cade couldn't be an all-star this season. I know that sounds pretty outlandish, but I could easily see him as an injury replacement or something. I'm not concerned with – the preseason at all. I think even James Edwards released an article this morning 
uh, profiling Cunningham's leadership. And he mentioned in there he was aware of the passiveness and he was just looking to get guys set up. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think Cade, he has to be the guy first and foremost. This team's only going to go as far as him, it's particularly in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing I really want to see Cade improve the most upon is he's just got to hit his catch and shoot threes. He leaves so many points on the table, just not being able to convert his threes. I mean, last season he shot 32% on catch and shoots unguarded. So the free throws have been a point of emphasis for Cade in terms of upping that scoring. But I think if he can start to knock down those threes like he did at Oklahoma State, that's something that will really vault his points per game. And I wouldn't mind, like, I want to say on defense as well, Cade, just try and he's a really good sort of help disruptive defender, but obviously, as I think we touched on it, he's the foul trouble can be a real issue for Cade. He gets real hands. Yes. Yeah, so I just want to see him because not only does it take Cade off the floor, but it just really hurts the team, especially in those first quarters where he picks up two quick ones. Like yeah. that's in the first half, that's when you're really trying to assert yourself on the game. So I think Cade's prime for a great season. I mean, we've seen all the stuff about the added weight. That, that'll definitely help. Um, and then in terms of the pairing with Ivy, I think the tantalising thing about those two is, one, they, they seemingly just complement each other perfectly. You know, at Ivy's that hustle and bustle, like going to get to the cup, he's going to draw fouls. And then Cade's more of that manipulative herky-jerky sort of, I'm going to like, like I see you do this, so I'm going to do that. And he really reads the defense well. So I think if Cade especially can pick up on his three-point shot, those two as a pairing offensively complement each other well. But then on the defensive end, if they can put things together and find sort of a way to coexist well, they've got such great size. I mean, we think of some of the pairings in the past decade, like CJ and Dame, Clay Curry, CP3 Harden, none of those pairings had the size. Like that, they were all great pairings, don't get me wrong, but right. like these two defensively could be extremely interchangeable. Yeah, most certainly. And, and I mean, you know, not just, you know, the the length, the, the versatility, the switchability, just, you know, I, I think, you know, and, and the other thing too that's been so great to see from, from Cade and Ivy in particular from the beginning, just all the reporting that we've seen, you know, everything that they've even said themselves, like, it just seems like they're like, you're set like inseparable at practice, you know, like, like some of the reporting we saw from the ringer from James Edwards, like, you know, they eat together, they lift together, they they do everything together. Right. And when you have that type of bond and that relationship, that's a great thing to start from. And I mean, you know, Troy Jack had a lot of great things there, you know, Cade's just a special leader. Right. And it's, and it's just, it's reflected and highlighted on everyone. Like even Bojan, when he came to practice, I remember one of the things he was like, yep, we know the franchise player. Like it's like, yep. Cade's a franchise player. We know who it is. And it's like, you know, we saw it, you know, I remember even talking like on the night of like summer league, just like watching, you know, like, you know, the thing that stuck out that stuck out to me, you know, first about Cade that night wasn't anything he, he was doing on the basketball court. It was, it was the talking he was doing to his teammates. Mm-hmm. It was the leadership that he was, you know, that he was sharing from day one. I mean, Troy, we've just taught, you know, touched so much just about how special Cade is. And I think Jack hit hit on a lot of great things there. I mean, with the foul trouble, I mean, you and I talked so much, like how many nights was it where it was like, Cade had two, three fouls in the first quarter. I was like, well, see you next half. Right. That's just like, 
you know, like some of like I know a lot of it's like, you know, the turnover issues are something that's definitely got to be addressed, too. But how much how much is it just having the guy on the court like the best ability just being available? Right. 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 Yeah. That'll definitely be a big thing uh, this year that I would look for, too. But I think, too. You know, you, you touched on a guy like Lomelo, and I think of a guy like Trey Young and Luka Doncic, and I think something that they've done too to their game is take this team or their team as their own. And we've seen glimpse of that with Cade last year. I think as a rookie, it, it was a little bit harder to like fully do that. But I think this year in year two, I think he can really wrap around this. This is my team, you know, and, and I think that will be a very helpful next step for Detroit, especially if, if Cade has a year where he's averaging, you know, uh, 24 and, and, and six and six. Right. So, and then that would probably be in, in all, all-star contention there. So I feel like making this his own team and that starts of course with leadership and we know he's a leader. We don't have any doubts about that um but of course it starts too with his playmaking uh, the shots gotta fall too um i i think there were so many shots last year that i know Cade could have made in his sleep but they just came up too short or they came up too long that's the nba those things are going to happen but i just feel like even if he can increase that three-point percentage like three or four percent from last year that even that little bit percent can unlock the level of his game as well mm-hmm. yeah for sure and jeff i think even just having you know, a guy like Ivy next to him, another scoring threat, someone that the defense has to account for. I mean, Cade was double teamed at, you know, such a, you know, such a high level last year. I mean, Je- I mean, Jack touched on all the, you know, that, that low shooting rate from, from uncontested threes. A lot, I mean, a lot of times your uncontested shots are harder when all of your other shots are like double or triple team borderline, right? Like it's, it's, it can be crazy. Sean, you just took the words out of my mouth, baby. I was going right there with it. Jaden Ivey, I think it's it's funny you said you brought up that point when you were coming to me because I was just going to say, with Jaden Ivey, he's going to get those open catch-and-shoot opportunities. So it's integral. He does. He can. is seen as a threat to be able to knock those down. I think another thing that Jaden Ivey is going to help him with is the turnovers. Because if you look last year, Cade was essentially, if you want to throw Jeremy in there as well, and you saw Sadiq bring it up, Killian Hayes, of course, he was really the prime, primary, uh, primarily the ball handler. I don't know why I lost my English there. And then now with Killian Hayes, you have obviously Jay Nivey. You saw in the preseason Jay Nivey take the ball up. Like you're going to see times where Cade plays off ball. And it's it's going to be so important for him to be a, a guy who can not always, because you want the ball in Cade's hands, but can stand in the corner and knock down shots. And I think also Cade adding 20, 15, what is 15, 20 pounds of muscle, mm-hmm. that's going to avoid him well, especially going to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. And the foul, the foul trouble thing, I think that's more of a – I mean, that, I don't want to just write it off, but that's also just being a rookie. Like he has to learn yeah. when and not to do those things. I think that's going to take care of itself. But I think Jack said it perfectly. When, when ultimately the team's success is on Cade, and if he can come out and he has that all-star caliber season, which I don't think is crazy to say – um, obviously the wins have to be somewhere in there. If you can win 30 plus games and he's averaging, you know, 22, 23, six and six, whatever it is, those are all-star numbers. Like that, that's a guy who can, like you said, be an injury replacement. So Cade's probably the last one I'm concerned about, but I'm the biggest thing for me early on in the season, what I'm going to be paying attention to is that backcourt and how Jaden Ivey and Cade are able to play together because I think they complement each other very well, but there's also things that again, they're going to have to work through some growing pains like any other young backcourt. So a lot of positives, couple negatives, but that stuff will all be sorted out as the season goes on. Yeah, most certainly. Jack, what would be the things that you would see from Cade this year that would, you know, obviously I, I know that there there are a lot of fans that were overreacting, skies falling from preseason or whatever, right? Like there were people that were calling Cade mid after preseason. I'm like, <laughs> if it, and, and like you said, there he was so good his, his rookie year. I'm like, 
if people want to forget the Cade that dropped 27 points and a half against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in yeah. Brooklyn at the end of the season, like go ahead. I personally <laughs> am choosing not to because that that type of stuff isn't just a fluke. You know what I mean? Like not just any player can do that. Even if that Nets team was in shambles, I don't care. It's Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. Not just anyone can do that in this league. But no, oh, I was just going to say, I think with Cade as well, like, People need to just give it 15 to 20 games because, and Mike Schmitz, former ESPN draft guy, um, is now with the Blazers. He said it best, actually, at the start of last season, Cade is a slow burn. So we saw him, even in his first summer league, it took him, he only played three or four games, but the first game, game and a half, he, you know, he had to warm into it. it. It seems to be the sort of player he is. And then obviously we saw the start of last season, he had a bit of a slow start. Now, I'm not saying to expect that, but I'm just saying he seems to be a player that likes to feel out things and sort of assert himself, and you see that in each quarter of games. We saw Mm -hmm. him. I remember writing an article one month in on Cade, and one of the things I said is I'd like to see him assert himself more rather than just in the second half. But I think that's just sort of who he is. He feels it out. He's not necessarily going to come out every game and try and put up 20 in the first half. I think he... He likes getting his player, his teammates involved and to get them going first because ultimately, and that's a great trait of LeBron James. Like yeah. you get your teammates will power you to like real success. That that's yeah. what's going to get you playoff victories. That's what's going to keep you in contention, is having a team that's bought in. And I think that kind of, that's with his leadership style as well. So um, you know, we could touch on the efficiency in improving that um, and lowering the turnovers. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about Cade unless yeah. we're seeing issues come end of December. And, yeah. and finally, he has some spacing too, like a lot more spacing. So that's something we got to look for. Last year, Sadiq Bay. I mean, that's that's what we had, guys. And Jeremy Grant, yeah. don't throw him in there. But this year, a lot more guys, especially on the wing, who are going to be threats, going to give him a lot more space to work with. But you're right, Jack. Like he, That's who he is. And honestly – I like it. I don't want a guy who's going to come out and, and, and want to assert himself and be like, all right, guys, you watch me get buckets, and then eventually I'll get you involved. Get your teammates going because at the end of the game, you might need them. And I think, I think that goes back and it really complements Cade's basketball IQ because this is a guy that you don't see a lot of, but guy, he came into the league and he's much more advanced mentally than physically. Usually mm-hmm. it's the opposite. It, it's much more advanced physically, and then you have to come along mentally. He's, he's a special player, man. I'm yeah, excited. and so just on that quickly, Jeff, because I love that point. Like, Kate, I think of what I was like when I was 19 years old. I'm now, I'm 27. So, but I just think, like, this guy, how is he 20 years old? Like, no. man, like it's crazy. It's crazy. And I know a lot of players these days are quite mature because they're, you know, they're brought up in the social media era, but he is a bona fide leader. Like, it's written all over him. It's, it's mm-hmm. a different level. I mean, we just haven't yeah, yeah. seen that type of, you know, that type of character, uh, those type of character intangibles from a number one pick since LeBron, mm-hmm. it feels like. And, mm-hmm. and and I think, you know, like the the way I see Cade in that sense, it's like, you know, with, with Jaden Ivey, I watch him. It's like a demolition derby. Each and every night he's looking to attack. He's looking to kill literally every single second. And like you said, Jack, sometimes he, you know, he's a slow burn. He's going to, he's going to observe things to me. Like I view it like a, like a chess player. He's the type of guy, he goes up to the board He's observing what his opponent's doing. He's looking. He's ta- he's looking at what's taking place on the board, you know, and he's planning his method of attack, and then he's gonna kill, right? right? And it's like 
sometimes it's not going to be the quickest each and every time. And another thing to keep in mind, and you know, this isn't just making excuses, but this is just what it is. These were his first preseason games. I think, you know, to be honest with you, I, th- I don't even think he knew the intensity that players came to preseason with. Right. So I think a lot of it, you know, is, you know, was, you know, observing and surveying what that's like as well. So I, I in my opinion, I think you're going to get a pretty aggressive, you know, I think you're going to see a pretty different tone opening night on, but I think, you know, like you said there, Jack, it's like, it's important to give it 15, 20 games, not just because at that point you can at least, you know, see, you know, like an actual, uh, like sample size, but also like, you know, what do we, what do we see in the world of like, you know, what do they teach us in the world of analytics? Like in the, in the game of basketball, like nothing's, you know, something's not considered a trend until there's at least 10 games worth of data. That's because otherwise you're, you're getting into fluke territory unless there's like significant statistics that can show that's actually happening. Right. Like you actually need some games under your belt in order to say something that you can't just say anything off of four games. You just can't. Yeah, my, my rule of thumb is 20 games. And that goes back to that 2017, 2018 season when we mm-hmm. started 14 and six. Yeah. We beat the Warriors. We knocked off the Clippers, I think. Yeah. And I'm hyped. I'm ready to go. And then we lost 10 in a row. And then yep. it's just like, don't make any judgments early in the season until you've got. For me, it's 20 games. I can see 10, 15, but give yeah. it. We didn't even make the playoffs few. that year, Jack. I was, I'm I was, aware. Uh, that was a ninth seed. He's year. Like, oh, I'm aware. <laughs> Don't you worry. I've still never seen a Pistons playoff win. So I'm oh, my gosh, man. Dude, it's crazy. My, that- my, my first game fully watching i watch clips a lot my first game that i watched fully was our last win against boston in game four of uh, the 2008 conference so i i started on a high and it's been low <laughs> <laughs> yeah troy, troy started in the uh in the uh i believe in the kyle in the kyle singler jonas jerebko he was in those days of being a pistons fan so it's crazy that you brought up like you became an nba fan in 2005 so when I became a Pistons fan was in 05. It was actually a preseason game. Uh, so uh, there's Detroit on the on the west. I mean on the east side of the state, and then three hours west, there's a big city in in uh, Michigan called Grand Rapids. That's where I'm at. And uh, the Pistons had a preseason game in my hometown against the Dallas Mavericks at the time in 2005. So for me, that was when able. That's when I was able to go see them in my very first season following the team. They went to the finals. So like for me, like. You know, like I grew up back when this team was the shit and <laughs> like they were actually like winning games. And like for me, I grew up on that going to work team. So like, man, it's like, but it's like, yeah, I grew up. I was a big Andre Drummond fan or like when Troy was like, yeah, Jonas Jerebko was my favorite Piston <laughs> as a kid. I was like, you poor soul, you poor bastard. <laughs> that is tough, Troy. Jonas Jerebko, come Jonas on, man. Jerebko, man. You saw a little bit of him though with Drummond. They, right. they were teammates for a hot sec. Boys, were, were they ever? <laughs> <laughs> From Half Court is brought to you by Manscaped. When we talk about post players, there is few better players in the restricted area than our friends over at Manscaped. With great products such as the Lawnmower 4.0 with skin safe technology, the Weed Whacker, their deodorants, lotions, and more, Manscaped is unrivaled when it comes to the men's hygiene game. Serving over 8 million balls worldwide. That's a lot of testicles, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're finding yourself in need of Manscaped products, be sure to go to manscaped.com and use code HALFCOURT at checkout because that can get you 20% off plus free shipping. 
Our friends at Manscaped sent us these products, and I can tell you that they are absolutely for real. I have been absolutely satisfied and in love with their entire product line, from boxers, T-shirts, the lawnmower 4.0, to the, to the weed whacker, ear and nose trimmer. You can really not go wrong. Be sure to go to manscaped.com and use code HALFCORD at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you again to our friends at Manscaped for sponsoring this video. Oh my gosh. But, you know, touching on, you know, a little bit more, you know, another guy that we brought up, Sadiq Bey, you know, like how, how much his role is going to be imperative, you know, and what Detroit does going forward, but also kind of figuring out like where he fits in the pecking order, where, where he exactly his role is in the lineup going forward. Because I know a lot of people view, you know, Sadiq is kind of like, you know, the, the Robin, the Cades, Batman, kind of that second in command, you know, I, I think with Sadiq, he certainly has that capability to be one of the main scorers. I think if we're looking at like, like how the Pistons would be mo- most successful, I think he would be at his most success as like a third or fourth option personally. Um, but what are your guys' thoughts? You know, like what, what is, what are you guys' expectations for Sadiq this year? Like, what do you think, like, what do you want to see from him? And I, I think personally, I, I think one thing that will help him a lot will be the additions of guys like Alec Burks, the additions of guys like Bojan Bogdanovic, but then even having Isaiah Livers consistently in the, in the lineup too. I think one thing that's going to help Sadiq a lot this year, guys, and, and Jack, I want to start with you and then we'll go with Troy. I think having more shooters in the lineup from the beginning of the year, him not being the only threat from beyond the arc, I think is going to help him tremendously. Yeah, for sure. And I I feel like a broken record, like it's spacing and efficiency. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like this team has not been able to shoot for so long. And some of that I'm sure is by design. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, I think, I think no matter what for Sadiq, I, I, 100% 100% agree with you, Sean. It helps him. But anytime you bring in a 40% shooter or you have one on your roster like Livers and Bogdanovich, that's that's just going to help the offense in general. The spacing, yep. it draws the attention of the defense. It opens up lanes that might not necessarily have been there prior. Um, so I think for S- Sadiq in year three, it's I think it's still going to be a feeling out process of, okay, what – what sort of scorer is Sadiq going to be? Is he going to be that rookie version or are we going to get more of a mixed in, you know, do a little bit off the bounce? Um, I think for me it's, and I'm still, like I said, I'm happy to see Sadiq experiment. Like this team for me is not still just, they're a player or two away. And I really want to see him. The, the one thing for me that sort of, I want to say eliminate a little bit from Sadiq's game is not so much the dribbling into the lane and stuff because I like that, but just do it with like attack the closeout quickly. Like sometimes, I mean, there was a few in the Pelicans game where he just sort of holds it for like three to four seconds before making a move. And he just, to me, and Sadiq's proven me wrong a lot. So this could be complete crap, but he... (laughs) He just doesn't have the burst to get by. And then if he gets by his guy, he sort of just doesn't have the bounce to get and finish over the top of people. So I like seeing Sadiq as soon as he gets a ball, attack, two dribbles, dribble, pull up, or if he can get to the cup, go for it. Like we saw him get some free throws in the preseason, which was nice. So, um, yeah, I think as you touched on, Sean, third or fourth option is probably where we see Sadiq at his optimal. Um, and, yeah, I think the – core basis of his game will always probably be from his three-point shooting though yeah 
Yeah. And, and I think Jack touched on a good point there, Troy, where it's like, I think a lot of times we look at where guys, you know, you know, can improve, you know, uh, with like, you know, like, like with Sadiq and his burst and his ability to get by defenders, you know, a lot of it's like, not just like, you know, the, the quickness, you know, physically, but it's the quickness mentally of making that decision and, you know, making that read as well. And I think a lot of that as well is just, you know, Sadiq's evolution of, of, of his, you know, off dribble scoring, right? That was something that, that we're seeing add to his game more and more. You know, I think the other, th- I think the one thing though that just gives me, you know, peace with Sadiq is the fact that, you know, knowing just how much this guy is in the lab and just how much, you know, and, and I know every every NBA player, it's like, man, this guy works a lot. And it's like, you probably should, like you're a professional, right? Like every pro is going to work out a lot, but like you were going to have the commitment like like a guy like Sadiq, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, a couple of different things. Uh, you brought up a good point, Sean, earlier before Jack went uh, with uh, just the fact that uh, this is the first time in his career where he's not pressured to be your, your primarily uh, or primary uh, perimeter threat um, um, from, from the three point line, especially. But uh, I, I think with him, because of his work ethic and because we know that he dropped a 50 piece this past year, I know it was against the Magic. I just feel in his optimal. I don't think a fourth is where I'm at right now. I think a third. I, I think a third in is optimal as far as what this team has potential to do. Add free agents, add add uh, you know good draft picks, whatever. I, I just I have a hard time seeing him go go below three because of the potential we see. But um, I'm very curious to see to see this year um, how the other guys, like you said, uh, improve his shot and, and improve his ability as far as his efficiency on the court. Um, because we know that he can do it all. Now, how efficient, though? That'll be up mm-hmm. to uh, up to debate this year. But if he was the fourth, Troy, hot diggity damn. Yeah. Yes, yes, I will. I will <laughs> give you that. I will give you that. I'll definitely give you that. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And Jeff, I know we touched on a lot of the. Oh, go, oh, go ahead, Jack. I apologize. No, no, I'm good, man. I want to hear Jeff's thoughts. No, I, I was. Uh, I think you guys nailed it. For me personally, it's two things with Sadiq. It's and I want to bring up defense too because I, I do want to challenge him. I think he's yeah. an even better defender. Uh, but it's the consistency. I mean, there was nights last year, and, and more so as rookie or two, where he'd be he'd take nine, ten shots. They'd all be from three. Like I, I want the Sadiq Bay that's going to mix it up and make plays with the basketball rather than just playing off ball. But playing alongside now, Jay Nivey. Like you kind of saw that in the preseason, how many more open shots he was able to get. And I think with Cade and even getting better, Jay Nivey, we'll see what he can do. But even beyond just this year, when you get those two guys and you have Sadiq Bay, he's going to get open looks. And someone as dangerous as Sadiq, like you said, Troy, guy can get you 50. Now that was with, you know, majority of your lineup out, but still like that's the potential we see with Sadiq Bay. And I get where you were going, Sean, too, about saying he could be a three or a four, because if you sign a marquee free agent, that bumps him to a four, like whether he deserves it or not. That's just the reality. Yeah. Unless he takes a significant step forward. But this is my theory on it. I think Sadiq this year will be that two until Jaden Ivey gets going, you know, and gets Boom. more comfortable and you can rely on him because early on Sadiq's the, the season vet. Like this is a guy who with Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart's been here among the really the longest. So I'm expecting Sadiq early on to kind of, you know, take strides and take on a big responsibility. And maybe later on as Jaden Ivey improves, maybe that pecking order switches up, but Sadiq Bay, man, he's a, legitimate weapon and i don't want i don't want to just limit him to a shooter because you talk about his work ethic mm-hmm. there's a lot more that city can add to his game and i think defensively that doesn't really get talked about enough but he can even be if he can be a three and d but a guy who can also make plays off the dribble like you said he's just it, it makes him so much more dangerous so a lot of a lot of upside with Sadiq. and i absolutely yeah. love that point you brought up about the consistency jeff because 
I actually made a post over the summer or your guys' summer, and in wins, Sadiq averaged 21 points. In losses, he averaged 14. So <laughs> there you go. Like that's yeah. that consistency, really honing in on that and trying to bring it each night will be yeah. do wonders for his game. The one thing I just want to see eliminated from Sadiq's game forever, I will say, I just if I, I know that there's going to be rough shooting nights. I get that. Right. Right. If I could go without getting on a box sheet and seeing one of nine or one <laughs> of 12, like like this guy has supreme confidence, which don't get yeah. me wrong. Let it fly. You know what I mean? But at the same time, if we're getting to one of six territory, <laughs> one of seven territory, one thing I love about Cade's game, if he doesn't have a shot, he adjusts. He he, he right. affects the game in different ways, right? And uh, even uh, like we had Keith Black Trudeau on uh, on the Pistons over under show on Wilbur Pistons last weekend. Uh, he made the joke. He said, yeah, right now with Sadiq's defense, I call him. I, he's like Sadiq's a three player. He's not a three and D player. He's a three player. I'm like, come on. I would go. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, he's not like, a liability or anything, but yeah, you know, he's, he's just, not a liability. He's he, can definitely, he can definitely grow on that end though. And I think yeah. some of that might also just be like, just like how Sadiq might not always like, you know, like blow by players on the offensive end, you know, sometimes with that, you know, with that, you know, with that athleticism, he doesn't always stay in front of guys, you know, the greatest either. But I mean, you know, right. that I think part of that will just be growing and learning. And I think, team as a whole just needs to grow and get better on that end of the floor. I think as we saw at the beginning of the preseason, right? Like it's not just the D, it's the right. entire team. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I think, you know, touching into uh, as we're getting into the, you know, towards the end of this pod, I think, you know, this would be a great time to talk about those rookies. Those, those two first round picks that we're going to be looking at going into this year. I think, you know, saving perhaps the most, uh, you know, the most intriguing topic for last, because I think, you know, these guys, you know, you know, we all, it, it's always the most fun going into the year talking about our new toys, right? Like our new shiny toys as basketball fans. But I think, and, and we've had, we've had the pleasure over the last couple of years of having some pretty talented, you know, groups coming into this team as far as, you know, draft classes goes. But when we're talking about the athleticism that these two players present the Pistons and the, the level of athleticism that they bring, I've never seen that in my time as a Pistons fan, it just hasn't been on this team. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't right. Like, like perhaps the best athletic guard we had on this team, you know, over the last 15 years was Allen Iverson. But even then it was like at the end of his prime, he wasn't, he didn't exactly have that burst. He kind of looked like Russell Westbrook last year, yeah. you know, and when he was a Piston, right? Like that wasn't exactly his time to shine. But I think like, you know, with Jaden Ivey, like, you know, you look at his stats in preseason, they're not going to blow you away. It was like 12 and a half points, 35% from the field. You know, his efficiency wasn't the greatest. Turned the ball over a few times. But man, when I watch Jaden Ivey play, there are moments where I just, you know, where, where when that, you know, when, when he's in the open court with that burst, when he gets to the basket, you know, and, and finishes through contact, when he can find his teammates open in the corner, there are just moments where, you know, that guy just looks like he's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think personally, when I look at the, this rookie class, you know, this per, this perhaps, I mean, I know the Cade pick is the most important pick of Troy Weaver's time so far. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, this could this this could perhaps be the most defining draft of the Troy Weaver era, just with the athleticism that he brought in. And, and also just, you know, to get Ivy and Durant in that first round, just. This 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 could be special, Jack. This really could. 
For sure. And I think when you looked at last year's roster, the sort of the one thing missing was athleticism. I mean, mm-hmm. we brought in Bingo. the team, Weaver brought in Marvin Bagley, and we saw how much that helped Cade and just added a new dynamic to the pretty poor offense, but it just made the offense that much more free flowing. And to go to the draft, not only because I'm sure we all remember how we felt when they were doing the lottery, we were all disappointed to fall to number five. But to go to the draft, to get Jaden Ivey, and no slight to Keegan Murray, but to get Jaden Ivey, a, a player who we don't really know what he could be. There, there's so much untapped there when you have that level of athleticism at the guard position. And like just the size, he's so well built for it. I mean, I guess he is a sophomore, but just the size, um, you really don't know what he could be. And then to not only just get Jaden Ivey, you get the second best or the, they, you get the two best athletes in the draft by taking Jalen Duran and the way Weaver managed to pull off those trades and everything. Well, no one had any idea what was going on, but yep. to walk away with the arguably the two best athletes in the draft was, um, it was something this roster desperately needed. And then to see these guys so far and what they've been able to do in the preseason, like, I mean, you touched on it, Sean. Like, I I have not seen an athlete like Jaden Ivey in a Pistons colour since I've been a fan. Some people yeah. have said Derek Rose and um, some said Reggie, but Derek Rose is well past his prime. Yeah, post though, yeah. Yeah, like he, he still had some nice stuff, like the step backs, and he had some nice moves. But And Reggie I mean, had Reggie- like... Reggie was was like he was speedy, but he was never yeah. like that athlete that yeah. was like blow yeah. Jim away. Man, he yeah, he'd have some nice dunks, but was, he just had he has this massive wingspan. So it's like it's not like he's getting his head at the rim, like right. And um and Reggie had like knee and ankle issues from memory, but yeah, just to get someone like we've seen Jaden do it already, where he just splits the pick and roll, and it's just like bang, like he just goes straight through the middle, and it's just like, and then he gets there, and the whole defense every. All five heads are looking at him like the way he can collapse a defense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's special. So yeah. there's so much. And his passing as well is an underrated aspect of his game. And, yeah, I'm really excited to watch Jason. Yeah. And and I think, you know, you know, Jeff, we touched on this too, just the fact that, you know, I think what's going to really help this kid a ton. Normally we don't, you know, talk a whole lot about like players' family environments. But the fact that, you know, Dwayne, the, the fact that, you know, Dwayne Casey touched on this in a preseason press conference as well. He touched on the fact that, you know, Jay Nivey, not only is he getting some, you know, getting the coaching that he's getting, you know, at, at his NBA gym, which I, if you're looking at just player development alone, I would argue we have some of the best player development coaching in the entire NBA with John Beeline and Dwayne Casey just alone in the player development staff and not touching on all the other names that are in that building. But then you also, you know, you also throw in the fact that he has his mom at home. And he has, you know, and he has, you know, John Morant as someone that's a mentor to him. And he has all these, you know, all these WNBA players that that are rooting for him and are in his corner. Right. Like, I would argue that, like, as far as the the support system and the position to succeed, there are a few players in this organization, just not only in this organization, but in this association that are set up like him with that support system. No, it's it's an advantage. I mean, it's, it really is. I mean, you're going to get coaching on the court, and you're going to get coaching off the court and away from the facility from your own mother. So, like, the guy's just – he's he comes from a basketball family. And and Jack mentioned it. We got to give Troy some credit here for identifying the holes on this team, and it was athleticism, but also it was speed. And Jaden Ivey brings the speed, baby. Like, you see him in transition. The guy looks like, really, at least through preseason, 
he was the fastest player on the court pretty much at all times. Now, he needs to peel some of that back, like Dwayne Casey kind of alluded to in the summer league, like maybe be more disciplined with your speed. But no doubt, Jay Ivey brings an element to this this team that I haven't seen, at least. Like, you guys already hit on it, but I, I you really haven't seen a guy with this type of potential, with this type of athleticism, meaning that. So for me, for Jay Ivey, I'm excited to see his defense. That's something that doesn't get talked about enough because you brought it up his playmaking ability. But 6'4 with a 6'10 wingspan, we all know Troy Weaver challenged him to be a better defender. But I think defensively, and you saw it in the preseason, him never giving up on any, any play, really. And I think that's what sets him back because this is what frustrated me so much is, you know, Jaden Ivey, he looks like another Russell Westbrook, right? That that was a big thing. Well, a guy who just plays with uncontrollable, you know, he's, he's undisciplined. And then you watch him and you're like, wait a second. Like this, yeah, he has the athleticism, he has that speed, but even as a rookie, he he he's coachable. And I think that's a big thing with Jaden Ivey. And then Jalen Duran, a guy who Troy Weaver was almost it was to be honest with you, the fact that he came out after the draft and said I probably would have taken him at five, that really shows the amount of value that Troy got from this draft. And again, we, we can never give enough praise to Troy Weaver, but he nailed, he won the draft, you could argue, the two most athletic players like Jack hit on. From the draft and two guys with tremendous upside that no one really seems to talk about. At least, I mean, you see some national writers talking about it, but at least locally, we understand what we have in these two players. They're going to be a significant piece of this team moving forward when they're making postseason runs. And I'm excited because I think not only the athleticism, but the speed Jay Navi brings and all those tools that aren't unlocked yet that you didn't really get to see at Purdue because players, it's really, and this is the thing I always say is you, you're a player is asked what he's asked to do. And people don't understand that. Like people look at Jaden at Purdue and be like, well, he didn't do this or he didn't do that. Well, he wasn't asked to do those things at Purdue. Like be as good of a defender as he can be. I mean, he was the best player at Purdue. You're not required to play the de- like defense like that. You're expected to go high in the draft. Now he's in the NBA. He's a part of an organization that values defense. He's going to be held accountable. So he's going to be a better defender. And he's, he wasn't asked to – like, he wasn't even the point guard at Purdue. There was a point guard playing alongside him. Now, with the Pistons, he's going to have even more ball handling ball handling ability. So, a lot of things I think people don't see with Jaden Ivey, you're going to see this year and in the future. So, a lot of untapped potential with both of those guys. And Jalen Durham being the youngest player in the draft. Like, yeah. a lot of upside with those two guys, man. It's incredible that you're able to walk away with both of them. Yeah, well, not only, like, like it's like, like, it, like, that wasn't, like, what he was asked to do, but also, like, I think – with a guy like, you know, with J- like Jaden Ivey, just like with how much of the offensive burden that he did have at Purdue and like, yeah, especially like-, like to put them in the position that they were to, you know, like to, to be as competitive as they were. It's like, you know, it's like you want him to go and like lock down everyone on the defensive end too. Like, you know, I like a lot. The, the other truth is a lot of players in college aren't always focusing on that end right. as well. But the fact that, you know, Ivey came in and on draft night talked about how Troy Weaver challenged him to be a great defensive player and that's something that he wants to be and it's something that he actively takes that approach i mean troy when i watch on the defensive i mean we talked about the potential of Caden ivy and the offensive end and obviously that's where it starts i mean that i mean that potential special but i mean troy the other thing as well if these guys click on the defensive end too it can be menacing and it not yeah, no, absolutely it can. And I think of uh, just what Cade showed us as a defender, too. I mean, Cade's, I think we don't talk about his defense, too, enough um, uh, in, in the front, in the uh, in the backcourt. So um, I, I just feel like uh, with him and, and Cade together uh, guarding some of those guards, and I think of, you know, who, who are some of the guards who's going to be up against some games. Some games it's going to be Kyrie Irving, right? Some games it's going to be 
Russell Westbrook, right? Uh, um, but other games we've already seen, a John Morant. So there's going to be guys that he's going to be naturally thrown against and uh, we're going to see the best of him and I, I feel like with the coaching staff that Dwayne Casey uh, is going to be implementing that culture that Jeff brought up I think um, man I, I just feel like this team has a lot of potential in that area that we haven't seen in the past five ten years yeah um, in Detroit so yeah for sure and, and can I bring up one more thing too I think that doesn't get talked about enough we, we we talked about this, Sean, in a previous video, too. When you look around, there's there's backcourts in the league. Like, this is why Atlanta traded for DeJounte Murray, because mm-hmm. there's always one on some teams that you could pick on, right? With the Pistons, you have two guys that probably aren't going to get picked on. Like, right. you're a six, six point guard, you have 6'4", Jay Nivey with a 6'10", wingspan. Like, they're going to be a problem. We talk about offensively, because, of course, the, the average fan, anybody loves offense. But defense, especially in a city like Detroit, which values that side of the ball, my God, like there's, there's a ton of potential with these two and it's going to be problems for opposing backcourts. Their size is going to be too much, man. Yeah. 100%. And guys, I, I don't think there's a better, better way to end this podcast or better way to like, you know, like one last topic than Jalen Duran and his potential of where he can be. I mean, personally, when I talk about when I, when I think of like what I'm most excited or most curious to see opening night, I mean, obviously, I'm excited to see Paolo Boncaro. I'm excited to see him face off against Cade. I'm excited to see Jaden Ivey in person for the first time, you know, and just see that that speed and what that looks like in person. I'm just curious to see what Jalen Duran looks like in real life, what he looks like in a gym, you know, just how he stacks up. I mean, he just – he looks unreal size-wise on television. I can only imagine what it's going to be like in person. But, I mean, you know, Jack – the guy, the name that kept being brought up with, with Jalen Duran was Sean Kemp or Dwight or, or a guy that you brought up earlier, Dwight Howard. You know, I know, uh, I know people have even compared him a little bit to Andre Drummond. And I think with like, you know, with his rebounding, I certainly think that's fair there. But, I, you know, in respect to Andre, you know, Andre was never this type of athlete, right? Like he, he just wasn't even like when he was younger, he was a good athlete. He wasn't this. And and I and I really do believe like the upside of Jalen Duran is very very high. Something quite I love, frankly, I just don't want to put a limit on to. And I love that you touch on the physical gifts because Troy Weaver had this great quote in um, Mirren Faders. She did a feature piece for the Ringer on the Pistons, and yep. he said Duran has all the physical gifts, but he never gets credit for how smart of a player he is. And those names you listed, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Sean Kemp, but Dwight and Andre, they don't, we've seen Duran throw some passes here and there. There's more to him than, I think big men in particular, ones that have these sort of physical gifts get put into this box of, okay, they're just going to dunk and rebound. Whereas I think with Duran, the exciting thing is, yeah, he's going to do both of that at an extremely high level, but he can make some nice backdoor passes. You can throw it to him on the block or on the high post. And he can actually do some stuff with it. You're not going to be limited to just running DHO handoffs with him because you don't trust him to make the right read. And we've seen the jump shot. It's still a work in progress, but it looks decent. So there's a lot more there than just someone who's going to um, block shots and rebound and just clean up on offense. There can be, that's the exciting thing with Duran. And I think that's why you hear people say there's a world where he could be the guy behind Kate. Yeah, um, that that that's not inconceivable. So I think there's so much there, and as you touched on, I don't. He's 18. He hasn't turned 19 till like next year, I believe. 
I it, could be wrong there, but it's gonna yeah. be it's so he turns he turns 19 in December, but that gotcha. but guys, he's gonna have an entire month of NBA action before he turns 19. That's insane. That just doesn't happen very often. So and, and like even just how intelligent he seems to already be on the defensive end, like instinctively and his ability to like stay in front of guards was something that like this preseason just blew me away. And, you know, like when I, when I think about like how he can have an impact right away and how he can like come in and like, you know, play good basketball, you know, early, that's the way. Right. And, and, and I, and I think, you know, like obviously Jack, like I didn't grow up watching a whole lot of Sean Kemp myself either, but the thing about Sean Kemp was, He's just like, he was just such an uncontrollable athlete where he can just run up and down the court, get, get, you know, insanely high above the rim. He's just the type of guy that you can't contain no matter how hard you try. Right. And I think that's going to be the thing about Duran on both sides of the court is you could do whatever you want. You're not going to contain him. you know, like, like just from an energy standpoint, from a, from a, like from a physicality standpoint, from an intensity standpoint, like he just, you know, and, and I think Troy, I think, you know, the thing that, you know, that just strikes me about him, the more and more I just see him play and the more I hear him talk, the more that, you know, I, I he just fits not only this rebuild and, you know, the Troy Weaver culture, he's a Detroit Piston through and right. through, just right. at his core, right. everything about him, he's a Piston. Right. And I think of too, um, this is kind of off topic, but not, not totally to that point of, um, you know, to fit the culture with a winning team. I think of in 2004 when the Pistons added Rashid Wallace, he's uh, Joe Dumars at the time, the GM said that guy is a Detroit Piston. And I can say the same thing for uh, Jalen Duran, because I, I, I think with him, he brings a presence on defense. Like I haven't seen that. I, Andre Drummond never brought. I mean, we can just admit that right, right now. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like that, that comes, um, you know, not every draft, not even every draft has a player that can do that uh, as, as a true, you know, uh, uh, five. Uh, so I feel like he has that. And, and we look at guys like, you know, Ben Wallace too, um, who, who just gave you his heart every single game and, and provided a winning culture. And I think, if we're we're not just having a rebuild, we're having a restoration, right? Uh, I feel like with that, you need a guy like Duran. And, and again, Durans don't come every draft, so they're yeah. able to land this guy this year with Ivy uh, in the first round. I don't have nothing really concerns me with him be, because I know he's going to have some rough games. I know guys like Giannis might bully him around, uh, even Anthony Davis. You know, when we have some of those rosters uh, going up against, but I just feel like he he is going to learn a lot this rookie season from Dwayne Casey. He's going to be uh, this rookie year. We're going to see some challenges with him, but I feel like he's going to fit into this rotation very well. Um, especially we talked about earlier in this podcast going with a guy like Isaiah Stewart's going to be very helpful uh, uh, being on the court together at the same time. So I just, yeah, sky's the limit with this kid. I'm excited to, uh, for what this year will bring, but also years to come. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that, you know, Jeff, you and I talked about, and I think we all can agree just watching, you know, just watching him play so far, at least the thing that I've noticed that kid is never going to touch a G league gym. That conversation can be put to bed. If that, if he's in a G League gym for whatever reason, something went horribly wrong because from a from a raw talent perspective, there's no reason that kid would need to touch a G League gym. And one thing I've loved too is seeing him and Isaiah Stewart shoot after practice. Like he he obviously wants to expand his game because I feel like especially nowadays, 
their traditional big man kind of gets forgotten about a little bit, but even with Jalen Duran, there's a lot of upside there. You saw in college, he liked that, you know, little 15 footer. I think he can kind of implement that in his game in the NBA and really be a threat and even eventually space out. But just starting with Jalen Duran, any player that, you know, takes pride in playing defense is always going to be welcome in Detroit. And that's the side of the ball he embraces. And I love it. One thing though, with Jalen Duran is, Again, we talked about it again with Cade. It, players come in much more advanced physically than mentally. I think that's kind of the case with Jalen Duren. He's a smart basketball player, but certainly you saw in the preseason him kind of bite on a lot of those shots along the, around the rim, and he'd right. bite on a shot, boom, dump off pass for an easy layup. Like Those things need to slow down for him, and I think eventually they will. But learning how to read the play, like a Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed was very good at that. I mean, his basketball IQ, the guy was calling out everything. He was always talking on the court. So if Jalen Duren eventually we all expect, like you said, Sean, he's not going to touch a G League. I mean, he's, he's clearly physically ready. But to have a guy like Dwayne, Rashard Lewis, John Beeline, these guys around him, and to have the support, even veterans like Nerlens Noel, like kind of be that bridge guy for Duren. I think for Duran, man, he's set up to have a significant part of this team. And I think eventually, I, I don't want to say it, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I think he'll be starting by the end of the season. Like that's that's it's it's more of a when, not if scenario. It's just sure. how far does he come along with his development? Because I think eventually he's he's gonna Dwayne Casey's not gonna be able to say no to him. Like you're you're gonna want the guy in your starting lineup because you saw last year too how many points they gave up in the paint in the paint and and how they were, you know, like you said with Isaiah Stewart. The size kind of got to him. But this year, with having a guy like Duran, Nerlens Noel, they're going to be just fine. So it's exciting. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Jack, you brought it. I mean, you brought up earlier just like how much that, you know, how much they, they, they're going to need Duran to get ready at some point. You know, obviously at this, you know, this year, they're still going to take, they're going to be patient with him and he's not going to touch the court and be starting, in my opinion, you know, unless it's truly necessary or unless he's truly ready. However, you know, like, I, I think that, you know, it is going to be about, you know, like, you know, it is going to be about the importance of him being there because, you know, you touched on, you know, how much Detroit got killed in the glass, you know, with Isaiah Stewart and Boyan this preseason. I think in particular, like, I think you really saw that on display against the Knicks, you know, like, you know, like when they were facing that bigger front court in Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson, I thought that, you know, I thought that, you know, lack of, you know, physicality was on full display there. So, you know, I definitely think, you know, just, you know, the, the, where this lineup is at its best, you know, as far as potential, definitely includes Jalen Duran in that lineup. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Like, and as Jeff sort of touched on, he he's going to have these rookie. He's going to foul. I mean, I've seen him. His hands at times, he's dropped some passes, but it's just because it's all so quick. Like the speed of the game is always you hear something or like rookies comment on or just the change in speed from the college level to the pros right. or the physicality, like these things, like, plus they would be, you know, this is exciting. They're living their dream for the first few games. Like you imagine the, uh, the adrenaline rush, like it would be hard to get comf- uh, comfortable. Um, so yeah, I think I'm not sure if Duran starts, I would love to see it. I, um, but yeah, I think he will. There's no way he'll be in the G League, as yeah. our friend uh, Bryce from Motor City Hoops has said a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't happening. He Shout out to Bryce. He, he was talking about Durant in the G League. Was, uh, and think yeah, about I this. Saying that. And think about <laughs> think about this too. Like playing alongside two guys that he didn't have in Memphis. We can talk about that with Cade and Jaden. But he's probably going to get what 
eight to 10 points just off easy baskets and lobs. Like the guy is going to be with his athleticism. You saw the effect Marvin Bagley had last year being traded, not really having a ton of plays drawn up for him. Imagine Jalen Duran running the floor in transition, like his athleticism with Jay Nivey. He's going to have a lot of easy basket opportunities, but like you said, Jack, he just has to capitalize on that. So, and I think eventually he will, but there's a lot to, he can get. If you think about it, if he gets a couple baskets just off easy, you know, dump offs or lobs, whatever it is. And then he implements more, you know, skill to his game, whether he can hit a 15 footer or space out like my God, like the, the potential with Jalen Duran, that's going to be a storyline to watch over the next couple of years, what he turns into, because there's a reason why Troy was so high on him uh, coming into the draft. And he just, he fell, which I don't know how Troy works his magic, but things just always play out the right way. It really does. Like yeah, City Bay, sure. really the last pick in the first round. I, like, I don't understand. I, yeah. I, I don't get it. He's going to make a lot of NBA general managers look dumb over the coming years for that one. Yeah. That's for sure. Think about and it. Like I'm... people think Isaiah Stewart was taken in front of City Bay. Like we still haven't really processed that yet. Like yeah. the guy just continues to impress me. Troy Weaver, he really is. He's, he's a stud. Yeah. It's crazy, man. You know, who else is a stud. This Jack Kelly, man, dude, seriously, Jack, thanks so much for coming on, dude. This was a blast. And we're definitely, it's definitely not going to be the last time, man, dude. It's just so fun. Being able to talk hoops with you, the work that you're doing and the growth that you've been able to have over, you know, over just this summer alone, but also just, you know, this last season, just been awesome to see, dude. So just, you know, super pumped to see you crush it this year. You know, just, you know, where can people find, you know, where can people find your work, you know, tell people where people can go get the Jack Kelly experience. No, I really appreciate that guys. And as I touched on at the start, like love what you guys are doing. Um, Big fan of you guys and your growth. I'm really excited to see your coverage of the Pistons this season. So, um, but as for me, you can find me at Jack underscore Kelly underscore three one three on Twitter, and yeah, you will find my work at um, Detroit Bad Boys of SB Nation. And I've actually just started a Pistons fan cast thing with a few other guys called the Home Court. Um, so that's in my bio. Um, so yeah, check it out, man. And um, yeah, Troy, congratulations, congratulations on getting married as well, my friend. I saw that. <laughs> so, <laughs> appreciate it, Jack. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, thanks so much, guys. And, yeah, I'd love to jump on whenever and, you guys need a guest. And, Jack, I'm going to be honest with you, man. You're my you're my first friend from Australia. So this is, this is my <laughs> Yeah. Right? This, is my, this is a big deal for yeah. all of us here. Yeah, this Let's is the first go. international Let's guest go. we've had on the pod, man. That's pretty Let's legit, go. man. I love a guest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, dude, we're definitely going to have to have you on again. I mean, there's going to be a whole lot of basketball to talk about, but, dude, you're a friend of the show at this point. 100% you're coming back on. So definitely go give Jack a follow for all that great content he's going to be putting out this year, you know, not just on socials, but also the writing that he's doing, the fan cast is going to be a part of. You're not going to want to miss it. But also, you're going to want to be subscribed over here from Afford because we're going to be pumping out a whole lot of content this season. You know, we're not only doubling down, we're, we're quadrupling down you know, on content. So you're going to want to be sure that you're checking out that as well, but also be sure you're following my guys as well at Troy Sergey 44 at Jeff. I Brady. And if you're feeling oh so charitable, you could even follow even myself at Sean half court right down there, but that is going to do it here for today's episode of from half court, the NBA podcast that is going to be your home this season. If you ever so choose to hit that subscribe button down below. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you guys next time from half court. Be sure you subscribe.